When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is best friend of the show, Monica Cabina, artist and colorist on Batman The Adventures Continue. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everyone, to yet another a bonus episode of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he always is, is Cal. And Cal, we are back with yet another issue of the ongoing Justice League Infinity. The sequel comic to Justice League Unlimited has brought us yet another issue this month. That is right, Liam. Uh, we are excited here, as we've uh, we've talked about a couple times already. Which, of course, check out the past reviews. If you're reading, if you're listening to this, and a you haven't read the comic yet, or b, uh, or maybe you're streaming this on on the YouTube through the Pod Tower channel, and you you were attracted by our just absolutely gorgeous thumbnail, and you haven't read this this book yet, what are you doing? Like, go go support the, the writers and the people, the artists that have put together this fine piece, if you can. Uh, support your local comic shop, go buy the physical copy, or if you're, if you're, completely anti or maybe 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 you don't have a comic shop near you or maybe you're just anti holding actual physical copies of comics by the digital copy it's it's out there it's available it's enjoyable but yeah Liam this is a this is a, uh, a an interesting one because we we move forward kind of in the storyline that we have started over the first two issues where we have multiverses and multiverses collapsing into one another. Not only that, but we get the return of a big baddie from uh, all, all the way back in Superman, the animated series that was a, uh, a force to be reckoned with then all the way up through the end of Justice League Unlimited. So we, he makes his return in a very surprising final page. But uh, we'll get to that once we get through the book itself. But lots of, uh, lots of things to follow up on this month as uh, we kind of last left our heroes. Uh, Superman was on this alternate Nazi world uh, that he kind of swapped places with Overman. Overman came to the DC uh, Earth One, I guess it is uh, proper or Earth A. I don't know. I don't know Earth. Just Earth. They swapped places, and uh, he was sent to this uh, this Nazi Earth that looks somewhat similar to perhaps the uh, the Vandal Savage controlled Savage Time Earth, uh, where he's. A, a Nazi ruler and uh, Superman was stranded there, but had had met the freedom fighters, uh, which included a general Zod, a doomsday or dooms clay looking like uh, type figure as you uh, gave the proper moniker to. And then a, uh, a female Metallo that looked a lot like John Irons uh, niece, uh, Nat- Natalie, Natalia, Natasha. Natasha. 
Natasha, Natasha Irons. Uh, so we we have uh, a couple of follow ups with that, and then what's going back on Earth as uh, as we're dealing with the Justice League and their sort of uh, coming to terms with the fact that Superman's not there and they're stuck with this Nazi impersonator. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty exciting uh, f- first chapter, as as you said, and. As, as we sort of pick up where we see the Justice League, but it's not actually the Justice League that we are accustomed to. It's yet another alternate Earth, which we come to learn is known as Earth D in uh, in the DCAU, which features a, a Superman that looks quite a bit like the Calvin Ellis uh, uh, Superman that we've talked about, I believe, in last month's episode, but uh, uh, on an Earth where he is the president and Superman at the same time. Um, but uh, according to co-writer of the series, J.M. DeMatteis, it is not the Calvin Ellis Superman, uh, at least not entirely. Uh, but we do see him and his Justice League, which features some, some fun and sort of alternate takes on the, on the Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman, Hawkman. There's a, a Flash character who looks a bit more like the crime syndicate Johnny Quick character. Uh, and uh, as well as a Green Lantern and uh, what appears to maybe be a, uh, I have an idea, I might have an idea as to the identity of this archer that we see as well, but uh, we'll maybe talk about that more in uh, in the art section. But uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, uh, Overman sort of has this brief scuffle with the league yet again as he tries to break free, but he's sort of a uh, sort of uh, talked down as it were uh, when he is threatened with the possibility of Jean uh, once again entering his mind and that's sort of where we pick up on something that we've talked about in the in the first two issues certainly Cal and that's Jean still sort of struggling with uh, with with his own identity and and not really sure uh, he knows he doesn't really want to be in this role as the Martian man under he doesn't really want to be this superhero anymore but and he even makes a point of talking to diana about how it it wasn't the world being or the galaxy being in peril it's it's when his friend disappeared that he he felt the need to to strike back into action so i thought it was interesting to sort of see that continuing uh uh, molding of of jean's character as as we continue into this something that we really didn't get to see because of where the series originally ended to really see where where uh, where jean's head is at as as we continue on in the in this series yeah, it's really a, a struggle of conscience for for Jean as he continues to to recognize that maybe he's struggling with this idea that he he didn't want to come back, as you said. He he makes that very clear that it wasn't his goal to come back. And um, there's this storyline or this thread that continues throughout as, as they're battling over man and uh, the Justice League is sort of beat down to a point and are you know are are kind of struggling with what to do next. Uh, he's finally Finally, able to be contained as Green Lantern wraps him up in a in a construct of just a sort of a bubble that begins to close around him, and then he's he uh, Jean steps into the picture again, and it's very clear based on the expressive face that Overman has that he is terrified of Jean, and uh, that dates you know that goes back to the last issue where Jean sort of invaded his his brain and memory to sort of gather what intel he could from him to figure out where he came from and uh, because of his reaction you know 
Jean has this struggle of conscience where he wonders if, you know, invading his mind was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, he, he realizes that, um, you know, this, it, it, the struggle of, of trying to figure out whether or not he was going to come back at all and ultimately caring about one person over millions or billions of people across the earth and whether or not that was fair or whether or not that was a normal reaction. And it, he has this beautiful little reaction or interaction between him and Diana where Diana assures him that yes, and the reason why it's normal is because it's a human emotion. It's a human reaction, which I thought it was great because this whole time it really feels like John is doing his best to assimilate himself to human culture. That's what he was set out to do. Um, if you remember in Justice League Unlimited, that's why he sort of stepped away from the league uh, until the very the very end. He he wanted to assimilate himself to human culture, and then we see that thread picked up again here at the beginning of this of of issue one, where he's away from the league again and he's separated himself and he's trying to to learn about different cultures and different experiences, and he's had all these different personas that he's he's uh, portrayed in order to gather this information and to try and make himself more human uh, so the fact that he has this interaction is questioning his humanity as to whether or not you know exchanging the lives of all of these humans or potentially putting them at risk uh all 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 for the sake of one of his friend's lives, whether or not that was the right decision and, and Diana coming in and consoling him and letting him know, yeah, it's, it's a human reaction to care for somebody so much that you would sacrifice, you know, the well-being of, of yourself and of, and of other people for that person. Um, so I love that. That was a, that was a great, uh, just beautifully written. And I could, I could hear it in my head, that being a line, you know, uh, delivered, uh, on the show. Like it's, it was beautifully written by, by both James Tucker and, and J.M. Damonteus, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really the, the most we get out of, uh, sort of continuing Jean's plot thread for this issue. Uh, obviously, Jean is in the rest of the issue, but uh, doesn't really have as much of a focus as uh, as far as the rest of the, the storyline on the main DCAU Earth goes, as they're sort of continuing to try to figure out what's going on. Uh, all of a sudden, as we saw with Superman in previous issues, uh, Wonder Woman this time, Diana is is transported away and at first, it doesn't look like anyone, anyone or anything has come in her place, unlike with Superman and Overman. But then we see Batman looking down at a, uh, at a basically a, a skeleton with, and, and you see a tiara and a, and a lasso. And it, this really uh, sort of sets up uh, where I guess we're, we're going to finally get the, uh, the title of uh, where the title comes from as, as Batman sort of more determined than ever, um, uh, goes goes with the rest of the league towards uh, where we see a, a new javelin being created, one for sort of deep space and impact, and in fact interdimensional travel is being uh, uh, the finishing touches are being put on it by a couple of leaguers. I don't believe we had seen yet to this point, and that being uh, the Adam and uh, and Mister Terrific as well. 
Yeah, it was good to see them making their return. Um, I, I think also we, I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but the entire issue, just as the other two prior issues uh, had been, is narrated by a single character. So we do get this sort of dialogue over and each of the stories kind of giving us a background or things or observations uh, of what this particular character is, is uh, sort of experiencing. And we learn uh, pretty early on that it is in fact Lois Lane's uh, description and, and sort of dialogue about everything that's happening as we go through and read. And uh, it's interesting because the first two issues, obviously we had, uh, we had, we had this perspective from the heroes angle, you know, our, our super powered metahumans uh, being the ones that are giving, giving their perspective. This time we get uh, someone who obviously has a lot of experience with their, with metahumans and being around strange happenings, but uh, this time sort of a human perspective uh, with Lois Lane being the person uh, giving the, giving the play by play, if you will. Yeah, I, I think that does, especially in that scene as as Overman's breaking free and, and the league sort of contains him. And and uh, uh, what's interesting to me, and I guess this is the case in the first two issues as well. I don't know if we had mentioned it, but uh, the story seems to, at least to a point, all being told in past tense. Um, in the first issue, when John was narrating, he was narrating even the scenes he wasn't in, scenes that that he was not witness to like a Mezo bouncing around the galaxy and same thing in, in issue two with Superman. And, and then we see Lois in this issue also narrating, uh, you know, Superman's ad adventures throughout, throughout as well. So I, I am interested if the entire story comes to a point uh, where, where, uh, where we sort of catch up to quote unquote present day, or if this, or if it's just kind of a simple narrative decision to just sort of tell it that way. But yeah, that that does uh, definitely puts things in perspective, and I think I think having you know having it be the 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 one sort of really normal human as as normal as as Lois Lane ever is in a in a in a story, you know, as fearless as she is, as as determined as she is, you know, to still see her her hopes and fears and concerns not only for for Superman, who of course is you know they are they are in a romantic relationship by this point in the in the timeline, but for, you know, for the league, for, you know, her, her observations about John and, and, and John's struggle as, as well as, you know, Batman's, you know, overwhelming anger when, when Diana disappears and, you know, she makes observations about Hawkgirl seemingly being a little bit uh, uh, perturbed by, by Vixen and, and John Stewart's affection being shown. So, and uh, and that that sort of uh, that definitely lends a uh, an extra sort of layer of intrigue, I think, to to everything that happens, and and then that sort of culminates in in the this part of the story with uh, the league of zooming off in this brand new javelin into what appears to be this portal that was created by uh, whatever it was that Amazo uh, was doing. And we'll certainly talk about this a lot in art because it's, uh, it's pretty breathtaking uh, panels to talk about. But uh, as they are sort of escaping, uh, they, they seem to sort of disappear into the ether and, uh, and the Adam and Mr. Terrific aren't really able to tell if, uh, if, if it's because they made it through to the other side or, if perhaps something terrible has happened and sort of before we could find out any more information, we cut to see exactly what world Wonder Woman was, was transferred to. And uh, we'll talk about that big reveal in a moment. We'll sort of save that for the end, but 
uh, cutting back almost all the way to the beginning. As mentioned, we have this sort of brief uh, inter interlude with this uh, African-American Superman who is referred to as Cal, as well as Superman D in the issue. Uh, and we find out that not only uh, has, has he disappeared, but rather than to have a similar situation to Superman and Overman, uh, he, in fact, also arrives on the, the Vandal Savage Nazi Earth and has a confrontation with both the uh, with with these freedom fighters that you mentioned, Cal. But not only that, he comes face to face with uh, with our Superman, the Superman we know, and uh, they have a pretty fun uh they sort of turn, uh, it's sort of a genre twist as to what happens when these two supermen meet. Uh, not exactly what maybe you would expect. Yeah, they gave you the old fake out because, uh, you know, it, right before this, Superman is sort of getting this tour of the Freedom Fighters uh, lair, uh, both uh, Doomsday or Doomsclay, as you dubbed him, and uh, the the Metallo, the female Metallo that is uh, is shown there. Both have their own issues with trusting Superman. Uh, they they make it very clear to to Zod that because he looks like Overman, that they don't trust him, that they share DNA, uh, which makes a lot of sense storyline-wise. If you've only known one version of the character and then all of a sudden uh, somebody who, sh who looks an awful lot like that person shows up, uh, you know, you would you would be a little suspect. You would you would maybe think that it, it's a trap and that's kind of where they are. But uh, Zod kind of has them hold stand down and hold back and uh, sort of starts giving them a tour of uh, of their facilities and their their freedom facilities. And that's that's right when Superman D shows up. And uh, initially, uh, the freedom fighters have a very similar reaction to him that they did to our Superman where they uh, have a lack of trust and are ready to, uh, to take care of him. And we get another shot where apparently, uh, Liam, you mentioned this before we went on the air, that uh, if you are from a different universe, kryptonite from your universe is the only kryptonite that works on you because Metallo attempts to, to attack him with, uh, with her kryptonite and he's unfazed by it. Uh, there is a small battle between him and, and both uh, Doomsday and Metallo, and he sort of disperses of them pretty quickly. And then we get this, what appears to be an immediate face-off between both Superman, the Superman D and the Superman of our Earth. And uh, they some great panel work that we'll talk about in just a second here. But at the last second, they they pull up and they stop. They don't clash. There's no fighting that happens. They look at each other. They both offer a smile and they they, believe it or not, start talking instead of fighting imagine <laughs> that uh some more some more good subtle stuff there they began kind of trying to figure things out before using their fists which i love that it leads to that extra dimension of superman that he's not just brawn he's brains mm -hmm. too he's heart he cares he thinks he's not just you know he's not the incredible hulk he's not the green incredible hulk mm -hmm. not out here just bashing things to bash them he thinks things through he considers and this goes for both supermen they both fought this through and they're like hold on wait yep. a second what are we doing? We look very similar here. What's the story? Um, and then, as you mentioned, they, they quickly realized that neither of them, instead of instead of Superman D replacing our Earth Superman on this Nazi world, they're both there coexisting, which kind of leads them to some chin stroking. 
and uh, and leads us to uh, to a flashback to our Earth right right before we're introduced to this uh, this this new javelin Infinity or the Infinity Javelin, which I guess the Infinity One is where we get our our name from here for the mm-hmm. comic book. Uh, but uh, this it's it's a again we'll talk about that in the artwork here. But just before we see that, and what ultimately I think kind of pushes things, the Justice League are trying to figure out what to do with all of these disappearing people on Earth and all this chaos that's ensuing. And just as they're doing that, uh, Diana disappears and is instead uh, not replaced with a, another alternate Wonder Woman, at least one that is not living, I guess I should say, but instead a, a pile of bones uh, ends up in her, in her stead. And uh, this sort of very much enrages Batman. And at that point, they decide that they have to, to do something. So that's when they introduce the, the new Infinity Javelin. And uh, the interesting thing about this is that Jean, uh, this is where we pick up Jean's next step. And that's that he, he actually links and merges his mind with the Infinity's computer system to help uh, to help. Uh, navigate the time warp uh, and there's some some question as to whether or not that's the best thing for them to do if it's safe flash isn't quite sure whether or not that's something that they should try or not and uh, they kind of just ultimately do it anyway and then again as, as you said we're sort of left with a cliffhanger as they head into this mysterious vortex where there's uh there's just it, there's disappearance and we're not quite sure we're left hanging as to what exactly happens but then uh, that I guess will be followed up next issue because we then cut to our final sequence of the episode or the issue. I guess if it were an episode, it would almost be a, a post credit scene. I think it's very much in the way of a, of a Marvel cinematic universe post credit mm-hmm. scene here. We see Wonder Woman wandering through a very cold and, uh, and wintry mountainous area. And she comes to a cave Uh, And uh, she's greeted by a voice and it's somebody, Liam, that we're uh, quite familiar with. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's our finale to this issue. As you said, uh, Wonder Woman sort of wandering through this barren wasteland talks about how it's there's just something dark and mysterious in the air. As she makes her way into a cave, she is met by someone holding a torch and uh, that someone happens to be none other than dark side. Yep. He's back, baby. Uh, dark side is back, I guess is how you can finish that sentence this week. Um, he's, uh, he's back, but we're not quite sure, at least based on his look. And I guess we can begin to talk about some of the, the visuals here and the, the artwork, but based on what he looks like, uh, he doesn't look like he did when we last saw him at the end of justice league unlimited, so is this our quote unquote our dark side? Is this our Earth dark side? Is this an alternate universe dark side? We know that we're playing, you know, fast and loose with sort of different universes here and people popping up different places. Was Wonder Woman transported to a Hades like place? And that's why Bones arrived in her stead. Mm-hmm. What's happening here? <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a very interesting. I mean, your thought is maybe. This is a world where Darkseid succeeded uh, in, in conquering. Whether, and again, we assume it's an Earth. We don't know that for sure. But Darkseid himself also seems to be alone. We don't see any parademons or other new gods or 
or uh, apocalypse characters. Uh, so it's, it is something of a mystery. I was trying to sort of look based on the design of what he's holding. It looks like maybe it's just a regular torch. I thought it might be Steppenwolf's uh, flaming sword. Ooh. But I'm not I'm not confident in that because uh, the more I've looked at it, the more maybe it just looks like it's a torch. <laughs> but it did cross my mind that that could be uh, it could be some sort of a new gods or apocalyptic technology. But uh, yeah, that's that's a heck of a cliffhanger for the issue. Each issue is kind of ended on something of a dramatic note like that. But uh, this time uh, that's bringing back Darkseid. Obviously, he and, and Lex having disappeared at the end of uh of the finale of the show, uh, you always figured that there was a plan if they had gotten more episodes to bring him back. But as you said, Cal, we really don't know for sure that this is the dark side. This could be an alternate version of, of the dark side that we've seen in, in the proper DCAU. So a lot of questions and, and lots of, uh, lots of time to speculate as we get into, uh, as we get into the next issue, which will be issue four, which uh, has a little subtitle there where it's in the, in the next, in the bottom, uh, in the bottom right-hand corner of the final page that says, and I quote, dark side, my love. So I am fascinated where this, where that could go. And, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I saw, I saw you posted actually uh, this week on Twitter, which of course you can follow. Liam does a great job over there at Twitter uh, at DCAU review uh, running our, our Twitter account. But I, I saw that you had, had found a uh, cover, I think from, was it the new 52 era or, or something where there was a wonder woman and, and dark side cover where she was, it was a similar story, like Superman, Superman was sort of like crazily wondering, or maybe that was watchtower. I don't know. Somebody. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our friends over at the, the watchtower, database it was they did a like a special they do a dc does these sort of special one shots and i think for for valentine's day maybe a couple of years ago they had done one that was called like romance in space or something i think it was actually dark side and lois were are on that cover but okay gotcha uh it, while while uh while sort of speculating on it i did mention that there is uh as we've talked about the <laughs> on on one of the many incarnations of the super friends cartoon which however long you think that cartoon ran, it ran longer. Uh, <laughs> there were so many different versions of that Hanna-Barbera uh, Super Friends cartoon. Yes. Yeah, it was a long time. But uh, but yes, the, the specific one named Superpowers, of course, uh, which shared the name with the, the very famous and successful toy line um, uh, that featured Darkseid as sort of the primary antagonist, his main goal throughout most of that season of the show was trying to get, trying to trick or force Wonder Woman into marrying him. <laughs> so I'm not saying that that's, that's this dark side that we're seeing here, but you know, it's dark side and Wonder Woman. And, you know, I just, that was, that was the first thought I had in my head was uh, that would the be most, hilarious. The most prominent uh, romantic <laughs> uh, entanglement I can think of for when it comes to dark side was in fact his uh, his attempts to court Wonder Woman in the old Super Friends show. So Maybe. we we will have to wait and see there. I, I agree. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Well, last thing I'll say about that that last last uh, sequence there with Wonder Woman is, is that she does. It's interesting, uh, and you can always you can always read into things, literally read into things. But it's interesting that 
that the words that Wonder Woman speaks in in the bubble, she says dead, and that's really emboldened. She also talks about how it's painful uh, or poisons her soul also, which makes me think also maybe maybe this is an afterlife of some sort. Mm. Like, is it possible that... Uh, we're dealing with dimensions beyond just our, our normal current living here. And that would, if, if dark side is no longer with us, if he was, uh, a part became a part of the, the source wall and was destroyed, then is it, is, is this possible that this is an afterlife of some kind? And now there's going to be, you know, who knows, who knows what sort of doors that opens up to as to who can come back, uh, you know, t- to life in, in this, in this world. So very, very interesting. I'm, I'm excited. I think story-wise this, this month, it's a little bit of setting things up for the rest of the, of the series. I think that's been, uh, there's been certainly things that have set up across each comic. I feel like this one though, felt like it was setting up uh, really kind of like the, 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 mad dash to the finish over the next few issues though um you know with with the amazo stuff you know we're setting this team off to the amazo stuff wonder woman is going to have her deal with dark side does this bring dark side back to the main continuity or the main universe i i don't know maybe that's going to be the ultimate clash is going to be between dark side and and amazo or amazo and dark side working together and the league has to take them down uh that that's this feels though like it's setting up what we're going to be dealing with for the rest of the the series going forward yeah absolutely i think that that is the most interesting things each each issue seems to raise a couple of questions and then the following issue might answer one of those uh or at the very least uh like you said sort of kicks kicks the can down the street to to the next issue we get a little bit more and yeah i think maybe we didn't we didn't get a lot of direct uh follow-up on what exactly the, the the now two Superman? Uh, obviously, this was the first issue where we're introduced to Superman D, but uh, you know we 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 only get a few pages of Superman on on still on the the Savage Time world, and then so we still don't quite know what uh, what the end game is there and and how that plays into everything and and uh, of course we still have uh, havoc sort of being created on on. The, the main earth uh, that uh, that that the uh, that the leaguers will have to deal with in in the main you know mo- all all now all of the original seven plus uh, you know a few others are now all off world or off galaxy for that matter um, off universe so it'll be interesting to see if there is uh, perhaps a threat that arises that uh, you know members like who we see sort of in passing here like Aquaman and and adam and and uh and mr terrific maybe have to stand up to while uh, the main leaguers are sort of off world but yeah there's there's definitely a lot of moving pieces here and uh i'm i'm still pretty intrigued and uh and we still we still have a lot of uh, a lot a lot of questions to be answered uh still to come so yeah overall i i really enjoy i enjoyed this issue um maybe not as much as as last month's just because it is like you said more set up uh, than than anything else, but uh, still a lot of fun to be had, uh, and we will talk even more about the things we liked now that we are getting to the art uh, portion of the episode, Cal. And once again, we have art duties uh, handled by Ethan Beavers as the penciler and inker, with Nick Filardi on colors, uh, Tom Napolitano on letters, and a, a pretty fun cover of the the two alternate Justice Leagues. 
standing off against each other uh, by by Dan Mora. So uh, lots of fun and feast for the eyes in this month, uh, Cal. Yeah, there's a there's a whole lot. And I know, uh, you know, we talked last month about uh, the decision to use a lot of splash pages and uh, full, full, complete pages mm-hmm. instead of breaking panels down. We got a little bit less of that this month. They went they went like completely overboard. I feel like there's five or six last month, which I great. They were great. Very well appreciated. Mm-hmm. We talked about how. Uh, the difference in choosing to do that versus the grid panels that uh, so much that that Batman the Adventures Continue tends to do. Uh, this month they kind of went went with a normal grid pattern format for most of the issues. Uh, most of the issue, there's a couple of like quarter panel splashes that uh, that happen. There's a couple like maybe three or four full pages, which if you think about it, I guess that's still a lot uh, when you have a you have a comic book you know, that's only 20, 20 some pages, 22 pages. So you're you're devoting a couple of those pages to full full images. But I, I, I do want to reiterate just how I think that impacts and makes uh, makes whatever is on that single page stand out so much because it gives you time to really kind of soak in the visuals and gives the artists, uh, Ethan Beavers does such a great job, especially, I mean, the standout has to be that final shot with, with Wonder Woman kind of down on the knee and sort of just kind of uh, you know, surprised and, and dark side standing there unmoved with his, his torch um, you know, the, the lighting, the, the coloring, everything about that, you can just soak in. There's so much to look at the inside of the cave. Um, you know, it looks like it jumped off of, off, off of the screen and into this, into this, uh, into this comic book. Also the vast size of the, the infinity one javelin is great. That's a full page. We get there, we get, uh, almost a full page of the actual watchtower itself, uh, and then we get like this quarter, sort of this quarter page panel of, uh, of Superman D. And then uh, we get the full page inside at the very beginning of the inside of the uh, inside of the watchtower as they're trying to sort of contain Overman uh, inside this uh, this holding cell. So we get a couple of those. Those are standouts for me. I think that the imagery itself, I think the most fun sequence as far as the the issue has to be the whole sequence between Superman and Superman D. Um, it's just, it's so fun. Like it's so great. Cause they start out on opposite ends and they start flying in the same pose towards <laughs> each other. And then at the very last second, they kind of pull up and they're both mirroring each other. And then they talk about how they're actually recognizing, you know, the, a mirrored image of themselves. And uh, that's such a fun sequence. Yeah, it's it's so it's so dramatic, and the, the coloration there, you know, it's all this destruction as as he's arrived, and then he's sort of attacked by these freedom fighters, and so it's just lots of oranges, and you see the smoke and the fire, and then you sort of begin to lose detail of some of the the technology and things that are around, as it looks like they're about to to meet, sort of fist to fist, and and then yeah, the the slowdown, and then. The, they sort of give each other a smile as they uh, as they as they begin to talk and figure something out. It's, as we said, it's it's a great moment for for just a, a great another great Superman moment. We talked so much about that uh, in last month's episode for for issue two of, of how well um, Mr. Damateus and Mr. Tucker seem to really just have a hard grasp on on who Superman is or or you know who who this version of Superman should be. 
And uh, I think that that's very much reflected in, in the art as well as it's, it's so dramatic and it's, you know, it's the classic Superman pose with the one arm extended. And it's so it's re- you're ready to see the fight. And then they just, they stop and, and instead begin to talk. And even the shot of, of when they, when they sort of ask each other, why, why didn't we switch places? And they're sort of pointing each other. It's, it sort of really reinforces that uh, what the, the narration from Lois is, is saying that the these two guys really are very similar they really are mirror image of, of of each other and in the way they act the way they the way they do their their superheroing and and even the way they think and talk so i thought that's a lot of fun um another standout for me is i think when um diana disappears it's it's as you said, Cal, we don't get many, uh, many uh, big splash pages, but I actually really like that sequence where it's, uh, you know, one panel, it's Batman and Wonder Woman sort of talking. And then all of a sudden it's just Batman. And, uh, and then it's, it's Green Lantern and Vixen and Batman. And, and then it cuts back to just Batman with, with Green Lantern and Lois in the background. And you see the, the skull and the tiara and the lasso. And then uh, we get these sort of four, uh, four connected panels on the next page of Batman is sort of slowly and dramatically and angrily is saying this has to stop and as his face sort of gets angrier in each panel the coloration also changes and gets sort of you know sort of symbolize that anger that fury and frustration it gets you know by the last panel it's it's almost entirely sort of a red you know sort of bathed in this red light which i thought was a really neat trick to sort of just to really show that emotion and show it building over those panels so i thought it was it was a really cool way of of really utilizing those panels not just for dialogue dumps or or but to really sort of tell that story and to see the sort of slow you know as as he sort of begins to investigate you know to be the detective as he sort of picking over the the bones and the tiara but also still sort of fear, feeling this anger and frustration over his uh over diana being uh being gone like it's a really fun dramatic sequence and it really adds uh, as we talked about in the first issue as is they've sort of continued to uh throw nods to the you know the sort of deepening relationship between batman and wonder woman that was that was really established in jlu yeah, it's great. That that sequence really shows when accompanied with a dialogue, this has to stop um, is is just great. Like you can absolutely hear that in Kevin Conroy's voice. And as you said, the 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 change in color, I, I think special shout out. I, I think Nick Filardi has gotten I mean, he was it, it his work is fantastic, but I think it's progressively gotten even better as we go along here through each issue. What I love about this issue in particular is that it feels like each of the worlds that we interact with, whether it's our universe, you know, dealing with our Justice League with Overman, um, and then you cut to you cut to the Nazi Superman uh, in interaction in the Nazi Overman world, the Vandal Savage world. Uh, that that world has its own sort of dullish hue to it. Um, it's a, it's different. It's a little bit cooler. It's the the tones are a little bit cooler. There's almost like a, a purplish. Uh, filter that it feels like it's been put through up until the time that they get to the the place where the freedom fighters are are doing their their work to sort of combat Vandal Savage, and then once once we get Superman D introduced uh, into it, it 
the reds and the oranges start to come in, uh, sort of signifying a change that maybe, and if, if these worlds are starting to overlap, which is why you have more than one Superman at a time in there, that it would make sense then that the tone or the, the, the atmosphere even would mm-hmm. begin to change or alter a little bit. So that, that changes. Then you have this stark bright white of the, the standard, uh, standard DC, you know, our, our DC earth, And then when we get to the final sequence with Wonder Woman walking through this cold, desolate, wintry, mountainous area, it's there's this dull blue hue that's over it that gives you the 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 feeling Mm -hmm. that it's a cold earth that it's lifeless that it's deathly you know feels like hoth or something in star wars you can tell that it's it gives you that same feeling um until we get to that final panel where you know the devil himself arrives (laughs) in this panel and it's once again bathed in this orange and red fiery light so uh all of nick filardi's work i think uh, so far has been really good but this specifically the colors just man jump off the page yeah absolutely um um uh, in addition to uh to to what to what you've uh, you've laid out here and great i just the the shots of the the javelin this new golden javelin which itself is a is a great design and and uh and a very cool again very very much looks like something that could be out of a star trek or maybe maybe the prequel star wars movies but as it's sort of zooming out of the watchtower and and towards this this strange portal that's forming not only do we get lots and lots of uh you know classic jack kirby the the kirby crackle effect um all of the dots and everything but just the the coloration there where you as we talked about as as it seems that these universes are sort of starting to come apart or perhaps come together in some strange ways. Uh, space itself, it's not just, you know, the black with uh, some stars in the background. We see lots of, you know, lots of stars and, and sort of this strange blue hue coming out and sort of emanating in this, this yellow, bright yellow light coming out of this strange portal and then them sort of zooming through the world. It's, it's just that classic thing that, uh, I think sometimes when people are are, are replicating uh, Jack Kirby's work, especially his work on on the New Gods books, you you really have to look at that and look at just how bright and colorful and and intricate uh, his his work in that era was. Along with his, you know, he had a, a an inker and a colorist who works with with him as well. But it's it's really just it really I think captures that that Kirby space epic which, you know, uh, you know, all of the creators that worked on these DCAU shows and, and clearly, uh, you know, Mr. Beavers and Mr. Filardi are, are big fans as well, because they're doing a, a great homage and really emulating that sort of cosmic side of DC that we've only really kind of ever scratched the surface with. I mean, we've seen plenty of alien characters uh, throughout the different DCAU shows, but we never really deeply went into the cosmic side of things beyond beyond with the new genesis and apocalypse so it's really cool to see that sort of further explored and 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 illustrated in in the art quite literally i i concur 100% i think you can even see some of the the Kirby influence and the design of the the Infinity One Javelin, um, you know, you have those circular shapes that I guess are windows or could you know on the engines that are connected by those lines that sort of angle and and go down and then come back mm-hmm. up. It, it's a very, as you said, it's a perfect tribute or homage 
to some of Jack Kirby's uh, work while also still feeling like it's not just a, a straight ripoff. It's a, it's an homage. It's a, it's a tribute. It's mm-hmm. not just copy and paste. So I, I agree with you completely. And as, as a couple of, of pretty big Jack Kirby fans uh, between the two of us here, we, that's it's no shock that we appreciated that and found it, uh, found, found it uh, worth noting and, and applauding. But uh, I, I think that, you know, we talk about it, we, you know, whenever we review one of these comics, but uh, whether it's this one or with Batman, the adventures continue, but we're incredibly blessed to have such great artists and colorists and inkers working on these projects that really Mm -hmm. care and make these things come alive because we're starving for DCAU content here. You know, the (laughs) last it's been years since we got the, you know, justice league versus the fatal five. And before that it was even longer since, the end of justice league unlimited so you know we're starving for this content and for to have uh you know these creators come in and do their very best to try and make it feel genuine and like it belongs in this universe man uh you know between both teams that we have working on these comics right now it's uh it's pretty awesome that we get to we get to behold this absolutely it's yeah you can you can just see that in every panel every page the, the care and the and the love that these these artists and and inkers and colorists and letterers you know all, all of them have for this uh for this this source material both the dcau and then sort of these grander homages that we've talked to to you know real titans of of comics like 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 jack kirby so yeah there's there's so much good stuff here as we're wrapping up i did want to mention the uh the sort of alternate earth d justice league that we see um not only do we see a Wonder Woman who resembles the uh, the the newer character that's been introduced, known as Nubia. Um, not sure if uh, she's not actually named uh, to my to my knowledge, so we're not sure if it's meant to be her or not. But uh, as mentioned, we have sort of a, a Johnny Quick looking Flash, a a, a, a an Aquaman, a, a Martian Manhunter with ears, which I'm not going to lie, it's pretty weird. <laughs> very uh, very old school Martian Manhunter, sort of New Frontier. Yes. <laughs> looking martian man hunter yes uh and of course we have a actually and i wonder if this was perhaps a little bit of an homage to uh one of the writers on the series but a batman who looks like he walked right out of the brave and the bold cartoon yeah Um, he's he's flying the whirly bat (laughs) that's right it's a it's a great it's a great homage you know that that sort of dick sprang and and james tucker style of batman it was cool to see that and then i will mention there's a, there's a native american man with a with a bow and arrow uh on on here and i will just mention uh, more recently in comics they they added a little bit to the backstory of roy harper uh uh known as speedy and arsenal where he had uh, actually been uh, raised in part on a on a native native american uh, encampment uh, before uh, meeting up with with Oliver Queen and, and and becoming Speedy, so I I think this might actually be Roy Harper here. I'm not sure if we'll get confirmed identities for too many of these other ones, but I'm I'm gonna say that one's Roy Harper based on his uh, comic book backstory and his his time with the Native American tribe in the uh, the main DC universe. 
He's got a little Apache chief in him too. I think from the, uh, Oh, for sure. From the super <laughs> friends visually, as far as color scheme, uh, obviously the native American motif, that's the first thought maybe as a DC fan that you go towards, but I love that. Uh, that's sort of a, a little lesser known thing. Maybe that uh, DCAU fans may not be aware of if you're not following or reading main continuity. So yeah, call it it. Remember it's Canon until proven otherwise. Right. So, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the rules. And uh yeah. yeah, and I love uh, I love folks to to let us know in uh, at DCAU review uh, uh, both on Instagram and Twitter if, if there's certain other members that you think uh, that could uh, that could be other multiverse characters. I'm not I don't I didn't really have a strong look. We didn't really get a strong look at this Green Lantern that we see in the alternate Justice League. Uh, whether that could be uh, a Hal Jordan or a uh, or, you know, depending on, it feels like the skin tone shifts a little bit too, depending on the light that's on his face. So it could be, a, you know, a Simon Baz or some other character that was introduced more recently in the car- in the comics. So yeah, I'd love to hear people's theories on uh, on where this fits and, 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 if, and if you can uh, sort of identify any of these other alternate Justice Leaguers we see. But uh, yeah, overall, Cal, I think between between a, a strong story and a, and a lot of fun visuals that we've talked about, uh, this this uh, this issue is another thumbs up. Yeah, it's fun. And like I said, it, at, at the bare minimum, it's setting the table for what the rest of the series is going to be. Um, it is there is a lot of, of plates that are spinning. But I think ultimately, if this goes the way that we assume that it will, these are all these plot points are going to converge into maybe the final two or three issues where we're going to see all of, all of what's happening makes sense. So it's a lot of table setting that's taken place over these first three issues, a lot of storylines sort of spinning out on their own and kind of starting their own threads. But I think I would, if I had to bet or start predictions, I would say with the justice league headed off and into, into the space vortex, we're going to start seeing sort of the culmination and, and figure out kind of where we're headed as some of these threads come back together. Superman going to be leading maybe the Freedom Fighters as well as, uh, you know, Superman D, you know, Mm -hmm. are there going to continue to be more heroes from other universes transported into the main timeline? So then we get, you know, ultimately a a giant super team uh, to go up against Amazo and Darkseid or perhaps just Amazo. Uh, I guess that's my speculation that we're going to see here. But I I think once we start getting these things all kind of lined up, it's going to move hard and fast and it's going to be a heck of a ride. Absolutely, Cal. And I can't wait to talk more about Uh, as uh, with you and with, of course, our our friends on Twitter and on Instagram as well, again, at DCAU Review. Uh, definitely want to know what you thought of this issue and, and where you think the story might be going next. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening as we begin to wrap up here, uh, whether you do so on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the Pod Tower YouTube channel, where, of course, you can not only get content from us, but from some of our friends at the Watchtower Data. Uh, as well as our friends over at Tim Talk. Uh, Lots of great stuff on the YouTube channel, so check that out, please, and go ahead and subscribe to us there. Uh, And uh, as we begin to wrap it up here, Cal, lots of exciting things. Later this month, we will, of course, bring you our thoughts on the Batman, The Adventures Continue, the next issue of that 
uh, that is still going through its quote-unquote second season, as it were. So we'll bring you another uh, recap and uh, our thoughts on that issue coming later in the month. And of course, you can still check us out with our regular episodes every single Saturday, uh, where this month we are going through a special Elseworlds month focusing on alternate villains throughout uh, the different DC animated uh, universes that we have seen to date. So lots of cool stuff going on right now in the world of uh, DC animation and comic books. And uh, I, we are both excited to see more. So until next time, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.